This is a podcast from Seven Vineyard. Before I start, I thought I would just introduce myself a little bit. Um, so, so yeah, like I say, my name's Kyle. I'm married. Sorry, ladies. Uh, to Rosie. Sorry, Rosie. Um, uh, we've been married for 16 years in April. I don't look old enough, do I? No was the answer, but we're... We'll work on this as we go, don't worry. Um, I've got three children under the age of nine, so I'm exhausted and broke most of the time. Um, And Rosie and I are actually going through quite a major transition at the moment, um, in that for the past 19 years, we've been part of a missions organization called Youth With A Mission, or YWAM. Um, And uh, and actually, literally last month, uh, we came out of of that season of mission, and and we're we're going through a year of of transitioning out of mission and and discovering... um, um, what God has for us. Um, so that's kind of how, how we came to be here, actually, at Vineyard. We, we kind of left our, our church because we needed something different. We needed to embrace this season of change. And uh, it's just been great. We, we just love being here. And our, our kids uh, love coming to church. Um, and I wonder how many people are in church because of Liz and her team, hey? Just the stuff they do, just amazing. Um, so yeah, so um, I, I love music, I love food, I love football, I love hanging out with people, I like being slightly inappropriate, um, I like mountains, I like the beach, I love to travel, to explore different cultures and those sorts of things. But um, in, in being in mission, I think, um, I, I love, I really, really love it when people kind of gain that bit of revelation about who God really is, right? Those kind of moments where where somebody just takes that little step closer um, to God, that little step closer to understanding who God is. And I I just, I find it such a privilege to kind of be there in that moment. Um, It's just amazing. Um, I, just before I begin as well, I just want to highlight Jack's talk last week on waiting for renewal. If you didn't listen to that, check it out. Um, just a really, really good talk on, on kind of our expectation and, and our hunger and our searching for God um, in our lives. Um, I also want to echo what Owen was saying about the, uh, the Lent. You know, we're in this season of Lent, preparation for Easter. Um, and they're just fantastic resources. So if you haven't signed up, um, check, check that out. But um, Claire asked me to, to preach this week, Well, she asked Rosie or I, and I asked Rosie, and um, we kind of prayed about it, and, and I, I, I pulled the straw, um, so it was me, and, and so I just took some time to pray, and I asked, Lord, what, what do you want to say to the church? And the answer kind of surprised me, um, because in many ways, it's something that we've been talking about quite a lot over the past few months, at least since I've been here, it might be more, it might be less. Um, and, and the, the question that Jesus asked me was, who do you say I am? And in many ways, it's something that we have been talking about. Claire's been taking us through this fantastic series of, of what is God like? And I often find that, that when, when God repeats the same thing through different people, um, we, we need to take a, pay attention right? Because, because God's obviously trying to speak to us. And I think one of the things that, that comes to mind straight away is we think about the wise and the foolish builders, right? The wise man built his house upon the rock. Jesus said, those who hear my words and put them into practice that applies them to my life is like the wise man who builds his house on the rock, right? So, so the rock is not the teachings of Jesus necessarily, but it's the application of the teachings of Jesus. And I think so often when, when God is speaking to, to us prophetically, it's, it's the application that's important, right? And so often uh, Jesus in his ministry, he would say things like, he who has ears, let them hear. 
And so, um, so why don't we just take a moment to pray that we could have the ears to hear from the Lord this morning, yeah? Why don't we just have a, a moment of quiet? Holy Spirit, we want to invite you to come and open the ears and the eyes of our hearts this morning that we could hear directly from you. Thank you that you are present, Holy Spirit. Would you draw us more into awareness of who you are and what you're doing in our lives? Amen. So, uh, so the question, who do you say I am? Jesus asked this of his disciples um, quite a few times in the Gospels. And I want to start by just having a look at uh, Matthew chapter 16. So the book of Matthew is, is one of four Gospels or stories of Jesus. It's kind of um, written from, from eyewitness accounts of what Jesus did and what Jesus said. And, and this comes kind of slap bang in the middle, right? So he's already been born, which is you know, helpful if you're going to speak. Um, but he's already done loads of things. Um, he's turned water into wine, multiple healings. He's, he's sent his uh, disciples out. They've come back. He's fed 5,000 men plus women and children. He's walked on water. He's fed 4,000 more men plus women and children, right? Um, and, uh, but then after that, right, so it's after all of that, the religious leaders come to him and say, give us a sign, are you, are, do you think you're God? Are you God? Give, if you're God, give us a sign. And, and Jesus is like, what are you talking about? What have I done? And I kind, of, I kind of laugh at this because it's so much like me. I don't know if you recognize this for yourselves, but it's so much like me because, like I say, 19 years of, of ministry, I've seen God do some pretty ridiculous things um, in my time. I've been really, really blessed. But, but then you go through these rocky patches and you're like, oh God, give me a sign. Are you even real? Are you even there? And kind of what God says is, hey, just look behind you and kind of see, watch, watch the journey of your life and see what I've done in your life. See how I've provided for you. See how I've met with you. See how I've encouraged you. See what I've built around you. I think so often I, I want a sign today when God has already given me a sign just yesterday. And, and don't get me wrong, there are times like this morning where God is really kind and really compassionate and gives us that sign, right? He kind of gives us that, that encouragement. Um, but this is the context where we find Jesus. So Jesus has just had this, this conversation with the Pharisees, with the religious leaders. And from, from verse 13, it says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea and Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And then Jesus looks at them. It doesn't say that, but I reckon he looked them in the eyes. And he said, but what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Overcome it. Peter, probably the lead and probably the eldest disciple, had this moment of revelation. He kind of looked back at the things he'd seen Jesus do. How long had he been walking with Jesus? Maybe a year by this time. Like I say, all those things that, that he's seen Jesus do, but more than that. 
because Peter was one of Jesus' closest disciples, right? And so they would have been sitting around the campfire at night. They would have been having conversation over meals. I wonder what that would have been like. I reckon Jesus was probably one of the funniest people, right? I mean, can you imagine the pranks a miracle worker could do? I mean, that would have just been fantastic, wouldn't it? But, but yeah, so Peter had kind of seen Jesus the moment he had woken up, just before he'd gone to sleep. Um, and, and, and he had this moment of revelation. And Peter's, uh, Jesus says to Peter, you are blessed, because that didn't come from your mind. That came from a moment of heart revelation. That's, that's God the Father giving you that understanding, opening the eyes of his heart. But of course, for those of us who have journeyed kind of through church and in Christianity for a while, we know that Peter wasn't home and hosed, was he? Um, he had, in, in fact, in a couple of weeks as we approach Easter, um, we're going to remember the times where, where Peter just really fluffed it up, didn't he? He denied Jesus three times. He refused to be associated with Jesus. But in the end, he did become the rock on which Jesus built his church, didn't he? He did become that, that leader that, that Jesus saw in him, kind of the, the raw material of this fisherman. Jesus said, you know what? You're a fisherman now, but actually I've got something else for you. So that's one story, but, but I want to jump to another story. So if you're following along, turn in your Bibles to, to John 20. Uh, John uh, was another, uh, another friend of Jesus that wrote down what he saw Jesus see, uh, Jesus say and Jesus do. Um, and I, I love the, the book of, of John. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about Thomas. Now, if you are familiar at all with, with Christianity or, or with the Gospels, you probably think of Thomas and the word that comes into mind as soon as you, you think of Thomas is doubting Thomas, right? Um, and I, I feel sorry for Thomas. I think he gets a bit of a bum rap to be really, really honest with you. Um, he doesn't get much um, limelight. It's kind of, this is his moment in the sun, right? He appears in a couple of other parts of the Gospels. He appears in, in one verse in the book of Acts. But apart from that, this is it. And you kind of think, if you're going to have a moment in the sun, don't mess it up, right? You want to you wanna be remembered for something good. But, um, but this is what happened. So um, starting on verse 19, it said, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews. Sorry, don't forget, Jesus has already died. Okay, so this is post-Easter, if you're not familiar with the story. So they were afraid, right? They were afraid of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After this, he showed them his hands and his sides, right? The wounds from the cross, pierced with nails, stabbed with a spear. When the disciples saw this, they were overjoyed. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. 
reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. I like to imagine, as I, as I read the Gospels, and it doesn't say this in my Bible, but I kind of imagine him falling to his knees in that moment. Can you imagine what it would be like? This, this person that you, you put all of your hopes in, you, you've been waiting for the Messiah, your family's been waiting for a Messiah for generations, and you've thrown all your eggs into one basket because you've seen this guy do nuts things, right? Raise the dead, feed thousands of people, heal people, speak the most ridiculous things that somehow seem to make sense and, and seems to reflect God in a whole new way that you've never never kind of really considered before and 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 it's going so well right you're gaining momentum we're going into Jerusalem we're going to take the city here it comes this is where the kingdom of heaven comes to earth but then suddenly it stops when this person dies is nailed to a tree like a like a common criminal your world kind of crushes it falls out from under your feet and, and I, I think Thomas gets a bum rap because who of us would, would feel any different? I mean, first of all, gutted to not be there when Jesus turns up the first time, right? But I wouldn't be any different. For 90, again, for 19 years in missions, I've seen God do so much. I've, I've been involved, I've, I've seen his provision for, for so long, and yet I have times when doubt, when, when the waves just just becomes so big, right? We have fears, we have insecurities, we have our, um, the, the, our circumstances in life that, that kind of make us question if God is even real, let alone if he's good. And yet Jesus meets Thomas in that place with compassion. And when he did, Thomas, Thomas was changed, wasn't he? He went from doubting Thomas to worshipping Thomas. He fell on his knees. My Lord and my God, but we don't, like I say, he appears in, in one verse in Acts. We don't hear much of what happened to Thomas. Does anybody know what happened to Thomas after the book of Acts? Does anybody know where he ended up? He went to India. Yeah. Everybody says that, that Paul was the, was the apostle to the Gentiles. and he was. The, but actually, Thomas went all the way to India and planted churches and trained up leaders. In fact, there is a church in South Bristol... An, an Indian church that can trace their roots directly back to Thomas. Isn't that amazing? This man that was known for his doubts, actually, when he had that encounter, when he truly saw the risen Jesus, he fell to his knees and proclaimed, my Lord and my God. So the question is, who do you say he is? Who do you say Jesus is? Claire has been challenging us over the past few months about whether we actually have a right reflection of, of who Jesus is. Is your picture of Jesus accurate? Or is it one that's been distorted by pain or rejection? Perhaps you've had some bad examples, some bad leaders. Perhaps you've had bad examples of church. And so that's kind of tainted your view of, of Jesus. You've built up a misunderstanding. But why is this important? Well, the fact is that your view of Jesus, your view of what God is like, dictates absolutely everything, every single aspect of your life. 
And so it's really important that we have, have a clear picture. Are you going through financial hardship? Well, it'll be even harder if you don't have a God that is able to provide for you. Are you, are you lonely? Are you isolated? Well, it'll be even harder if you don't have a God whose name is the Comforter. Are you feeling powerless? Well, it'll be even harder if you don't have a God who's, who's victorious. Because whatever you're going through, how, how you react to that, how you respond to that, is dictated by who you're going through it with. Right? Psalm 100, uh, sorry, sorry, Psalm 23, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Are you, are you trying to walk through that on your own? Because if you're walking through that on your own, it's, it's really, really difficult. But, you know, as, as, as I was worshipping this morning, I felt like the Lord say to me that actually there are some people in this room that aren't walking through the valley of the shadow of death. You've, you've kind of stopped because you're feeling a bit powerless and you're feeling overwhelmed. And actually, it's kind of a little bit more than stopped. You've actually sat down. But the fact is, when, when you walk through it with Jesus, you walk through it. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What, what you go through is determined, how you respond to what you go through is determined by who you go through it with. So are you going through it with the lion and the lamb? Are you going through it with the king of kings and the lord of lords? Or are you, or are you just going through it with a, a good moralistic teacher? I speak to so many people um, who, who say, do you know, I'm, I, I don't believe Jesus was, was God, but, but I, believe, I believe he was a good man, and, and I believe what he said was, was good. And, and my first response is, I don't really think you've pretty much read what Jesus said, because a lot of what Jesus said is actually really quite offensive. It's really challenging. But, um, but if, if we think that, that Jesus was just a good man, then um, I can't preach without quoting C.S. Lewis. Um, C.S. Lewis, we've got to see what he says. Um, he says this, A man who was merely a man and said the sorts of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on level with the man who says he is a poached egg, and I do like a poached egg. Or he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit on him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. And I love that. I love that. When, when, we're, when we're confronted, and it is a confrontation, when we're confronted with, with the risen Jesus and we get revelation of who he is, then, then we have a choice. We either fall to our knees and say, my Lord and my God, or we turn our back and walk away. There's, there's no middle ground. So again, who do you say God is? Who do you say Jesus is? What is Jesus like? And how can we, how can we know him? How can we get to know him? Well, um, John Piper, who's a leader of a megachurch in, in the southern states of Texas, he says, we need to preach the gospel to ourselves every day. 
preach the gospel to ourselves every day. What does he mean by that? Well, remind ourselves of the truth. You know, when I wake up in the mornings, I, I forget my name to start with. It takes a while for, for the engine to get going. So I need to take some time to remember, oh yeah, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What's he like? Who is he like? Can I trust him today? Do I want to worship him today? And we speak to our souls, we speak to our spirits. So often, I love the book of Psalms, and and when David writes a psalm, so often he says, praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being praises holy name. Who's he speaking to? He's speaking to himself, isn't he? He's reminding himself, God is worthy of worship. God is to be praised. And regardless of how you feel, soul, regardless of how tired you are, whether you've had your coffee or not this morning, actually, God is worthy to be praised. So soul, I call you to, to worship God. Do we do that? Do we take that time? And again, this is why I think the, the, the podcasts and things that, that we're putting out are so helpful. Um, but also small groups and triplets. Are you in a small group? If not, why not? Um, I really encourage you to, to find, find a small group to be part of. Um, or, or a triplet, one or two people that can get together every week or every couple of weeks and, and just have that moment of friendship where you encourage one another, where you pray for one another, but when you remind each other who God is, right? And Matt Red, I, I love worship. I like to lead worship and, and be in worship. And Matt Redmond says that worship is the people of God, that's us, in the presence of God, calling out the praises of God. And I like to add reminding each other of the ways of God. Right? That's why we need community, because we need to remind each other, who is God, what's he like? So perhaps you're, you're here or you're listening today, you've been coming church, um, to church for a long time, but, but you've lost sight of, of who God is. Well, well, maybe this is an opportunity where, where God wants to remind you of, of what he's like. Maybe the stress and the wind and the waves of life are dominating your mind and, and feeding your doubt, doubts. Maybe you are financially broke. Maybe work is a complete nightmare. Maybe your kids are just <laughs> kids. Um, maybe you're listening, uh, but, but actually you're closer to the Godhead than you've ever been in your life. Well, well, regardless of where you're at, I believe that God has something specific for each one of us. You know, he made us uniquely and therefore he loves us uniquely as well. And so he has something specific for each one of us today. I want to invite uh, Becky to, to come up and, and we're just going to have um, a time of worship um, to, to finish. And, but uh, but as, we, as we go through this, I want to encourage us just to, to take a moment and reflect. The season of Lent is all about reflection, reflecting on, on who God is and, and who we are. Who do you say Jesus is? And maybe if, if you have lost sight of who Jesus is, maybe now is an opportunity where you say, Jesus, would you remind me of who you are? Maybe the, you know, like the story of Jesus and Peter walking on the waves, suddenly the waves have got big, the wind is howling in your ears, and, and you just need to say, Jesus, help. And you, you just hold out your hand, and, and Jesus is there. And, uh, 
Because Jesus doesn't sink, does he? Maybe, like I say, you've been walking with the Lord for a long time and actually you're, uh, you, you're really confident in who he is. But, uh, but you know, there's always something new. There's always a new facet of the character of God that we can learn. There's, there's always another level of trust that he wants to take us to. But particularly if, if there's somebody here that has been kind of walking through that dark valley um, and, and you've actually realised actually you've, you've stopped walking, you're not walking through it, you're, you're kind of sitting down. I just have this picture that Jesus wants to come and, and actually sit next to you. That there's no, there's no condemnation, there's no anger, there's no frustration on his part. But he just sits next to you and actually when you're ready, he's going to help you stand up and he's going to help you walk through and out the other side.